You're listening to the Jazz Session with my dad, Jason Crane. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is sponsored by Matt Rock, Murat Verdi, and Nicholas Payton. This is episode 359. Thanks to the Respect Sextet for the theme music to this show. They're online at respectsextet.com. Please buy all their records. Thank you. Thanks also to Dave Rabel, who designed the show's logo. He's online at twitter.com slash Dave Vrabel, V-R-A-B-E-L. All About Jazz carries this show on their website, and they've designed a widget that will display the latest episode of The Jazz Session on your website. It's very easy to install on a WordPress blog or really any website. To get it, just go to allaboutjazz.com, and in the search box, type in Jazz Session Widget. And then when you install it on your site, let me know, because I'll feature you in my newsletter, which goes out toward the end of each week. You can get that newsletter by going to thejazzsession.com and clicking on Mailing List and entering your email in the inbox. While you're there, please become a member. This show can only survive because of your membership, so please do become a member. You can do it for as little as 10 bucks a month, but it would be great to have some people coming in at some of the higher levels, too, if you can afford to do that. $25 a month, $50 a month, or you can pay in a yearly sum of $250 or $500 a year. Those are the middle and upper levels. By the way, if you do that, the next two people who join at the middle or upper level will get a free copy of Anthony Wilson's CD-DVD set, Seasons. Please review the show in iTunes. Go to the iTunes store and find the Jazz Session. Give it five stars if you would. Give it a nice review, and that helps the show rise up in the rankings and be more easily discovered by other jazz fans. I've got another site called jasoncrane.org. It's primarily a poetry blog. You'll also find my book there in the store. My book of poems is called Unexpected Sunlight. It came out in 2010 on Foothills Publishing, and I believe it is $14 cheap in the store. My guests today, or my guests, I should say, plural, are the members of the Raya Brass Band. Uh, it's This is a, maybe a little bit a field from what I normally do here on the show, but uh, their album is so good. And one of the members of the band has already been on the show, Ben Syverson, who was on talking about his own music. Uh, Raya's most recent record is Dancing on Roses, Dancing on Cinders. Here's a bit of what they sound like, and then we'll talk to the members of Raya Brass Band.
We're here with uh, four-fifths of the Raya brass band. And before we get to the conversation part, I thought we'd kind of go down the line and have them introduce themselves and say what they play. Uh, my name is Matthew Fass. I'm known as Max, and I play accordion. And my name is Ben Syverson, and I play the trumpet. My name is Don Godwin, and I play the tuba. Hi there. Um, I'm Greg Squared. I play saxophone, and uh, I'll be speaking for EJ Fry, our percussionist, as well. Nice. So all the really scandalous stuff we'll say as EJ. Yeah, exactly. Okay, very good. And then I don't get to, nobody paints me as a weirdo. <laughs> That's great. Good. Uh, so, Greg, can you start off, this is a, a little uh, farther afield from what's usually happening on the jazz session, so I think it would be cool if we just tell folks a little bit about the music, if they just heard some, but if you can kind of describe the, the musical world you're moving in. Yeah, the, the music that we do is... Uh, Traditional and originals based on traditional music of uh, the Balkan Peninsula. So we're speaking of the countries of the former Yugoslavia, uh, Greece, Turkey, Albania, Bulgaria. Uh, a lot of a lot of Macedonian and Serbian influence in there in our music. And uh, what people have just heard is the first track off your most recent album. Uh, dancing yeah. on Roses, Dancing on Cinders. <laughs> yeah, that's, I know, it's always nasty to spring that on people. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that's totally fine. Um, which has almost like a, I don't know, maybe this is too easy, but almost a second liney, or, I mean, just very kind of locked in the pocket kind of groove happening. And then the very next track, which I'll allow you to look at so you know what I'm talking about, um, I think is probably more in the kind of polyrhythmic vein that I associate with Balkan music. Maybe you can talk about, you know, kind of what you guys do rhythmically to kind of cross genres, I guess, so to speak. To cross genres? Maybe it's not genres as much as to allow uh, different kinds of dancing. I don't know what it's what it's aimed at. Sure. Well, the the music the music that we that we play is is dance music. Sure. And but they have they have a lot of different kinds of meters that they use over in the Balkans for dancing. Uh, you might find a you might find a tune in four like the first tune the uh, Jevadov Chocek which which you played. Um, the second tune on the album Peperkova Oro for example is in eleven plus seven. So uh, it's it's kind of an additive meter. You take a lot of little groupings of twos and threes and crunch them together, sure. and you can get all kinds of crazy compound meters. Uh, so it we're influenced by that, but we're influenced by a lot of other kinds of kinds of music from around the world, and we're not hesitant to incorporate those kinds of influences. Our tuba player Don, uh, he spent a lot of time listening to and playing uh, New Orleans brass music, so that comes through in his tuba playing. Uh, EJ, he's done a lot of Middle Eastern playing, and he does a lot of uh, uh, he plays some Brazilian music and other other kinds of world styles. So that those kinds of influences will come through. So we do definitely kind of cross boundaries that way. Don, can you talk about the tuba's function in this music? Sure. And I guess maybe first of all, whether it it traditionally occurs there or it's an innovation of Raya. Well, it's definitely definitely not an innovation of of, of Raya. The um, the tubas existed in in, uh, in Balkan music since the 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 Turkish army army bands. That's kind of like. I mean the the arc of the arc of brass music in in Eastern Europe has sort of a similar arc as as uh, as brass music does in our country from the Civil War bands and and such. But of course, you know, they were separated in I don't know the 1500s or so. Right. Who, know, who knows when? <laughs> but but uh, 
I mean, but if you take Greek brass bands, for example, usually there aren't tuba players in those in those kind of bands. So we're not, as a five-piece, trying to particularly uh, mimic a certain kind of configuration, but more be a small group that's versatile in many styles. Mm. And so. can you talk a little bit more about your your role, the role of the... Well, my role is to play the tonic in tune, <laughs> which which I I mostly succeed at. But I just discovered the tuner on my phone, and it was it's going to help me in that more. And <laughs> and but also my my role is to bring energy to the situation and mm. to keep things lively, um, and hopefully not hurt anyone in the process. Um, by being too loud and, with my horn. <laughs> so, for example, in like in the Latin music world where I have a lot more knowledge, um, a lot of times the bass function is as much on the offbeats as anything else that's happening in the band. And it's, in fact, percussion that's keeping the kind of one for the dancers going. Right. But it seems like in this band maybe that's more your role, or am I wrong about that? I think so. I mean, I... I try to I try to hold it down and 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 lay down something that's pretty cohes- co- cohesive and straightforward. Though I do get a little busy sometimes, but yeah, I think so. I think similarly in in, in Balkan music, the tuba's role is to to really kind of keep the downbeat going. And then, so when I do something off the downbeat, I mean, a lot of times we'll make arrangements that 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 show that or stress that it can be some somewhat of an event when that happens. Or sure. Like interesting that you mentioned this latin. is ben by the way this, this is ben sorry yes, no problem. um that you mentioned latin music and it kind of got me thinking discussions i've had with with people friends either who are familiar or not familiar with ba- balkan music um many types of uh, many other types of music from around the world such as latin music <clears throat> or african music are highly polyrhythmic um and by contrast even though balkan music has very ha- often has complex meters um, it doesn't tend to use the same kind of rhythmic layering. Like in Latin music, you know, there's a clave and then there's this other thing and everything's kind of locked together in a certain way. In Balkan music, like Peperkovo, the second track you were talking about that Greg mentioned is 11 plus 7, like basically all of the main rhythmic stresses are in the same place across the band. Okay. You know what I mean? So I think, and I think maybe that's kind of getting at what your question is. And there's within that there are obviously some beats that are stronger just like in any music there's some beats that are stronger than others but um it's it's not the sort of thing where um where there are different different interlocking parts well i mean there are interlocking parts but not in quite the same way as they are in latin music or in african music you know it's not like you have a dotted chord like a dotted quarter note rhythm going across the bar against some other like a three based rhythm against a two based rhythm. It's more like you'll have everyone's playing like two two three two two three two sure. three. Sure, you know, and and then the stuff that goes off of that is kind of the upbeats, basically, like the uh, the, the switch side of the of the drum, the the higher side of the drum, or maybe the the comping in the in the accordion or in a, in a larger brass man in the mid brass. Right, you know, that'll sort of um, fill in the rest of the rhythm, but it's all serving to to highlight the sort of accents of the time signature maybe a little differently than in latin music think greg wants to uh, this this actually brings up a point the um the the percussion instrument that ej plays is uh it's called variously a tapan or a daul or a bubanya uh it's goch. basic Sorry, goch. goch also goch it's basically a bass drum uh on which on one side of which he uses a beater with his, with one hand and a, a long thin switch on the other, so he gets the bass drum hits that that work with what's with what Don is doing on the tuba, 
on the one hand, and on the other hand, he has a switch which is doing more snare types of things. Okay. Uh, so it's a it's a very versatile drum actually. And, it's and doing it on the head of the drum or on yeah the, on the head on of the, the rim. Drum. Okay. okay. Sometimes they'll use the beater on the rim of the drum to get a different sound. Sure. And quite frequently uh, they'll have a cymbal on top. He has a cymbal on top, so he can he can use the cymbal. And occasionally, uh, depending on the kind of tune or the kind of dance, the kind of groove that he wants to play or that we're playing, he'll use a, a, a metal rod to uh, to um, strike the cymbal, and then he'll choke it with his hand. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of a specialized technique that sure. they use. Um, so it's a versatile drum, and the, the the point being that the bass side. Ben was mentioning the switch. Uh, so that's kind of a snare, sort of a higher drum sound that's doing filling in the the grooves, whereas the 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 beater side is working kind of more with what Don is doing on the tuba. And do you know, Greg, is the top on which I'll call it because it's the only one I can remember? Is the top on in all kinds of Balkan bands that are akin to you, or is it does that vary in the same way other instruments might? It, it varies. Okay. It varies. Uh, there's a lot of different percussion instruments that they, that they use. Um, and it also depends on the on the kind of group, you know. There's there are electric groups out there that that use electronic drums, sure. You know, and and rototoms. Rototoms are very popular among the Roma people these days. Uh, Roma Roma being uh, uh, what the gypsies call themselves, sure. Um, so yeah, there's there's you know, uh, hourglass drums, uh, darbuka or dumbek, uh, frame drums, all kinds of all kinds of different hand percussion drum kit, electronic drum kit. Um, sampler runs the gamut it sounds yeah. like oh, that's uh-huh. great Can we go down to you, and maybe I can, if you can get it down there. Thank you. Sure. Um, can you talk about? Uh, I'm also interested in the role of uh, the accordion in the band. It, it, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like you are both sometimes part of the horn section and sometimes the kind of harmonic middle of the of the group. But correct that's me if that's exactly not right. right. I mean, the accordion is that middle place. It's the middle ground. So the left hand handles a lot of the bass work. The right hand handles a lot of the uh, melody work. And um, yeah, at times I play the role of the mid brass section playing uh, upbeats or offbeats, and then at other times I play the melody. So the accordion is at s- sort of in that sweet spot. I actually stand in the middle between uh, between the, the people, and we have a, something called the Raya configuration, and we get into Raya formation, and um, we got the two melody players on the right and the, and the uh, two rhythm players on the left. So the thing is... Uh, it partly has to do with my my hearing. I've lost a little bit of my hearing in my left ear, so that, that works for me so I can hear what these guys are doing. <laughs> can you talk about your own background? How did you come to Balkan music? Uh, I came to Balkan music. I started playing accordion uh, about 15 years ago, I, um, and part of the reason I got an accordion was because of the movies of Emer Kusturica. And I saw a movie called In the Time of the Gypsies, there was a character in that movie who's about 14 years old. He's a he's a Roma um, boy who uh, he plays this one tune over and over. It's a kind of a motif in the movie, 
and I thought the I've always loved the accordion, but I thought the music was so beautiful, uh, and uh, my eyes were open to a whole new region. And actually, tonight we were working on a tune that was really the first tune that I heard in this style um, called Ederlesi or Jurjevdan. And tonight we're working out our own version of this tune. And when I heard it, there's a very beautiful, magical realism scene in that movie set to this tune. And uh, Ben has worked up a very beautiful chorale for this, which will introduce the tune. We've worked up our own version. Almost every band in, say, Serbia or Macedonia probably knows this tune, plays it. It's very popular. It's played at Gucha constantly, uh, which is the big uh, brass band festival in Serbia that happens every year. But uh, we decided we're going to do our own take on it, and Ben has written a, a very nice introduction to it. So um, when I saw the movie, I decided I wanted to play accordion, and uh, a couple months later I found one at a garage sale. Um, I strapped it on the back of my motorcycle. I took it home. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, I was working full-time. I didn't have much time for it, but uh, I started to really get into it, and and uh, mostly what I play is uh, Eastern European music, and that's where my true love is and my heart is. Had you played something before that, or did you just start from zero on the accordion? A little piano when I was a kid, but basically starting from zero with Mel Bay. Uh, Mel Bay <laughs> wow. introduces the accordion to you. So uh, <laughs> I quit my job. I, I moved into a 200 and $235 a month apartment with some friends in San Francisco. I spent all my time practicing as much as possible. I started with the basics, left-hand, right-hand coordination. And wow. uh, it's a lifetime. It's definitely a lifetime. And it, at the moment, I'm d- diving into Bulgarian music, and it's it's really some of the hardest music you can play in, the, in Eastern Europe. I'm sure people would disagree but uh, you know it, there's so much depth that you can go into all this music and it just especially with the accordion there's so much going on but it's uh, it's really fun i want to ask and uh, once i ask a question anybody can decide who's going to answer um how how important it is to raya to be uh culturally accurate so to speak or whether whether raya feels free to take the the kind of roots or the the basic building blocks of this music and then go where it goes and i think anybody can handle that maybe don it sounds like don's got it hi this is don the tuba player uh well i I think it's i mean i can i guess i can't speak for these guys but for myself i feel like that i want to make music that will be appreciated and and by people from the balkans like that is true true to true to the style and true you know just an honest kind of music though i mean we're we're like five five you know waspy guys in a way i guess you could say or like five we're we're five guys from different parts of the u.s and that i don't feel like that we're trying to clorox our our own like upbringing and different influences that we bring to the the table out of the music either i mean there are a lot of bands that play different kinds of folk music and try really, really hard to be like letter perfect on on doing the repertoire justice, but but it's hard for I mean, who are we to say what is what is appropriate in a way? You know, I mean, like you take Bulgaria for example, like it's a really really well documented music and 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 but a lot of the document a lot of the documentation of that music was done under the communist in the communist times in Bulgaria so there's like of course in Bulgaria backlash against that so it's like which way do you go if you try and be true to something so and i feel like we just go with like the recordings that we have and the people we know um from there and that that either live there or live here and that are from there and use them as our guides in a way so can i dip in on that too Okay, this is Ben and Max has something to say too. Um, one other thing I wanted to add that I kind of thought of while Don was saying that is that um, so on the on there's sort of two extremes here because on the one on the one extreme Don was kind of talking about the the real true to true to the folk tradition you know uh, uh, type and then there's another extreme um, <clears throat> where there are a lot of American musicians and various kinds of bands that. Um, for lack of a better word, maybe have a- appropriated certain elements of this music. Um, like most people can name the band. When I mentioned I was interviewing you guys, most people said, oh, I've seen like Slavic Soul Party. Are they like sure. that at all? Yeah. And I usually say, well, no, 
Not exactly, but a little bit. Yeah. 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 But I I mean, I'm even thinking more extreme of like, like bands that are like rock bands that have the word gypsy somewhere in their name or something like that, you know, where they're, where they're, uh, they've maybe appropriated certain elements and certain key like signposts of this music, but, but, but it's very much still, they're just playing like basically like American, you know, like rock music or whatever it is that they're playing and, and adding. So we're... I feel like with this band, um, we're definitely more towards the side of like making sure we've really done our kind of homework and like paid our respect to the music. But there is definitely also a certain element of we're all Americans and we, you know, and we play frequently for people who are who are not from the Balkans, you know, who are like who are basically like us, you know. And um, I do feel that our background combined with sort of our like homework if you will that we've done about this music has kind of lets us trans lets lets us allow the music to translate to those different groups sure but and max yeah this is max and uh i guess what i have to say about it is uh i think that we're i think we what we're what we're attempting to do is capture the spirit of bands over there so we're not a traditional there are bands that are sort of uh, emulating traditional Serbian bands in terms of the lineup and the way that they play it. There are other bands that uh, cross over in different ways. Uh, I think, you know, I think what we, my driving vision for this band is a little Greek brass band that I saw in the streets of a tiny village uh, about 90 miles uh, west of Saloniki. And it was just this kind of beautiful moment of, here we have a band, they know music, they go into the, in the groom's house, they pick up the groom, they take the groom to the bride's house. There's people just, it just creates like this kind of immediacy and joy. And um, I think that's what, it, what I'm attracted to with this kind of music. The fact that we can just show up anywhere, unpack, don't need any microphones. We can just do what we do uh, without any kind of extra setup and create within you know five minutes a, a beautiful kind of party or some sort of scene. And um, and I, we're we're often happiest just in the middle of the dance floor. We don't need to be on the stage. Can, can I tack something on actually? That, sure. Yeah. Uh, this is Ben again. There is uh, something that's come up that we've mentioned a couple of times that I think might be interesting for your listeners is. Um, the, some of the distinctions between we've talked about sort of Serbian style brass bands and we've talked about Greek style brass bands, Northern Greek style brass bands. Um, and Don mentioned that in many Northern Greek style brass bands, there's not a tuba. Um, the difference between these bands, I think is pretty, is, is fascinating and, um, and kind of goes to what we do because we sort of began really trying to emulate. <laughs> we're a, all watching Max play this game of operation with a bag of chips. He's trying not to he's make any noise. To make no sound. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all, pretty like, successful, but that's a very small potato chip. <laughs> yes. You just got a very small potato chip. <laughs> it was chip. impressive, but the, um, the yield okay. was pretty. The yield pretty was lame. pretty low. Yeah. There. Anyway, <laughs> so so when we started this band, we we were kind of really really the idea was really to, to emulate the Greek style brass bands and Greek style brass bands. Everything Max described. Um, they're as opposed to uh, uh, they're sort of the, the the analog is is maybe in in American music and in jazz maybe like sort of almost Dixieland where there's a lot of heterophony there's a lot of uh, the the melody define your terms sir yes we're not all so, smart some of us are <laughs> so the, podcasters so okay yes he- heterophony yes, there's a so lot of heterophony the, that's from, why it's good well, to dance well, yes, to yes yes no I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna clarify it. I'm gonna clarify it. so the um, so well in Dixieland for example I just example, wanna say I'm LBGTQ friendly so I don't know if heterophony is gonna get in the not, way of that it's not okay. it's okay it's okay uh, um, we like homophony too okay so <laughs> thank you so um, yeah good so um, um Right. So frequently in in uh, yeah he he only likes heterophony. Every time so, Ben speaks, I'm gonna pan it hard to the right. Just right. Yeah. The interview. Okay. So so in, in 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 Greek music in Greek music similarly to Dixieland, um, you will hear many instruments that are 
playing all playing the melody together but all slightly differently mm. so you'll hear different variations on the melody going on at once so you hear this overall the, the fact for the listeners you hear this overall melody but within that there are different maybe in our in greek northern greek music maybe the clarinet player in particular is playing a lot of flourishes or actually in some of the bands it's the trumpet player who's just and he's kind of he's kind of hitting the outline of the melody but he's doing all this other stuff around it and then sure. the clarinet player is playing a more literal version and and then even there's maybe a valve trombone player often in Greek bands, and maybe the, maybe that's also basically just the melody, but maybe a simpler version. So it's all kind of like different versions of the same thing. Um, and that's different from... So that's the Greek brass band model. And then the analogy for maybe the Serbian brass band model is is typically a larger band where you have tuba and you have mid mid brass like tenor horns alto horns trumpets uh, saxophone you know percussion all that kind of stuff and typically in that setting it's a little more orchestrated where it's kind of like everything's very tight uh, the melodies are played tightly together the 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 mid brass is holding down a very um uh, uh you know sort of groove oriented rhythmic function so maybe you could just to sort of like convert it into more like jazz world kind of like analogy, if the Greek, if the Northern Greek brass bands are are Dixieland, the Serbian brass bands maybe have more of a almost like a big band format where there's okay. more there's more like yeah like Fletcher Henderson or something where right. there's sections kind of working against each other in specific ways. And which of those is heterophony? The heterophony is the is the Dixieland. Nice. Is the is the Greek brass band where right. different variations on the melody all going on at once. So for everyone who's ever written into the jazz session and said, I never learned anything on this damn show, <laughs> this is it. Just we did. finally passed the threshold That's of the right. show actually having some function in yes. the world if we've yes. learned a word. Let me ask you, um, do you guys tailor the sets that you build to how traditional you think the audience might be, whether you think there'll be a lot of dancers who actually know the, the right steps? I'm making air quotes. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we do. We tailor our sets quite quite a bit to uh, to the audiences we're playing for. We have a, Our book has over 50 tunes in it, um, and it's always growing. We're always adding new stuff. Sometimes dropping stuff out, but over sixty tunes. Excuse me, over sixty tunes. And it. where are you getting the new stuff from? Where does it? Where? Uh, it depends. We just we just had a rehearsal tonight where we wherein we worked on uh, a new tune that Ben wrote. Uh, we we've all we've all contributed originals. Um, sometimes, but that doesn't mean that we're not still looking for really killing traditional tunes sure. to to work up. Um. So yeah, we do we do tailor our sets. We 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 often find ourselves. Many of us met through uh, uh, an event called Balkan Camp. Balkan Camp is a week long workshop that's devoted to the music and dance and song of the Balkan region. Okay. And uh, where does that happen? It happens. There's one that happens out in Mendocino in California, and there's one that happens up in. Um, near Monticello okay uh, in the Catskills 
Um, so at Balkan Camp, you can learn how to play the the Thracian or the the Rhodope Gaida, which is a bagpipe from Rhodope, Bulgaria. Uh, you can learn how to play the Kaval in a Macedonian village ensemble. Um, you can learn how to play the Tapan in in a lot of different kinds of traditional styles. We kind of we kind of came out of that scene. I've I've been playing. I met Matthew uh, a dozen years ago in <coughs> in that scene, and uh, I met Don what five or six years ago. In at Balkan camp, maybe seven years ago, eight years ago. Okay, eight years ago. So we've we've all known each other for a while, and we've been playing together in various groups for a long time. So the the people in that scene in the Balkan camp scene, there many of them are devoted to uh, learning traditional dances. Sure. So we're used to we're accustomed to playing for these kinds of dancers. And when there's a high percentage of them in the house, we'll definitely tailor our set to to play things that are going to things that are going to encourage them to dance in ways that they like to dance. Sure. Now, if we're if we're playing in just a, a rock club or something, we know people aren't gonna aren't gonna know the traditional dances. Maybe the but they'll respond in some way or another. Then we'll tailor our set in that regard. If it's more of a listening crowd, we'll we'll definitely tailor our set in that regard. It, it really depends on the situation. And what kind of stuff do you draw on for let's for the rock club crowd? I guess it's kind of obvious what you would draw on for the traditional crowd, mm-hmm. but for the crowd where you think, okay, they're not going to know the dances, what's in the book that people, allows you to reach those people? People that um, people that don't really aren't super familiar with the music, but really like to have a a good a good party. Or whatever they respond to things that are in two and things that are in four, right? And sometimes in maybe seven, if it's got enough energy, you know, and it's in an odd meter, you can convince them that that they, they like they won't it. Realize they're dancing. They to won't seven, realize right? that they're dancing in seven or, or, or eleven or whatever. Right. Uh, we actually don't play any waltzes. Um, <laughs> that said, but people do waltz to our. They waltz around like that. That said. Um, you know, you can sneak in an odd meter thing. We 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 love playing in whatever meter as long as the song is 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 interesting for us to play. You know, so yeah, we we definitely tailor things for the for the dances. And do you have the dancers. experience? Uh, this is it's great. This many bands when I interview bands, it, it's like you have to shove the microphone into the hand of each member. In Raya, it's almost like a fight. Who gets the microphone next? But I'm going to ask uh, Greg one more question. Do, do you, have you had the experience uh, of people who have never heard this kind of music before coming up and saying, like, first of all, what was that? And second, I loved it, and where can I get more of it? Yeah, yeah, all the time. All the time. Uh, often people say, is that Jewish music? <laughs> Which... <laughs> <laughs> it, they're very related. There's sure. a lot of crossover, you know, in the same way that there's a lot of crossover between blues and jazz and funk. Right. Uh, or the, Jewish and Iranian music. Or, music or sure. Yeah. 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 There's there's a lot of crossover. There there the music's very much work from uh, uh, similar bodies of of theory. Though a lot of the musicians, most of the musicians, wouldn't don't really even understand that theory themselves, except in a in a um, kind of a more uh, practical way yeah or um yeah so they're they're definitely drawing from the same sources uh musically thinking speaking theoretically speaking um yeah we we get people that have never heard this music come to a gig they 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 love it so much that they want to hire us to play at their wedding and and they do and we go and play at their wedding and they love it that's fantastic. This, this has been just just a couple two two now separate things that I want to tack on to Greg. Uh, we've also I've also seen the experience of or seen people have the experience of coming out and seeing this music in some setting. Maybe they come out. There's a big festival called Golden Fest that happens every year in Brooklyn, and um, I was just talking about this the other day with somebody like like a people who other who who I've seen people go from having not really known anything about the music to being full-fledged converts going to Balkan camp. Greg teaches or Greg uh, is uh, finishing a master's at Queens College and he's teaching a Balkan ensemble and he just told us that one of his uh, uh, students came out to see us uh, last week and 
is now applying for a scholarship for Balkan camp this summer. <laughs> That's so, great. um, yeah, so it's very, there's very much like a, a, a draw where, where for some people it's just an, almost like an immediate click and it, everything becomes clear and this is what you need to do, you know, like, well, I guess basically like what Max experienced for himself. Sure. The other thing I wanted to add as far as what, what our sources are for, um, music for people to dance to that maybe aren't familiar with the music, um, uh, uh, some of some of the the most like uh, uh, happening tunes that we have for that kind of crowd are ones that um, mostly Greg has brought in from where the original source is sort of this these like gypsy synthesizer tunes that he bought on the black market in Macedonia, right? Is that yeah. right? Like like Sudahan, yeah, bought on the street, like you did. and it's just. The the recording is just drum machine synthesizer, and the guy's using the pitch pitch shifter a lot. So you have a lot of you know, and uh, and and it's and as an American, you know, I, um, I've probably been playing this music the for the shortest period of time of anyone at least in the anyone here. But as an American, those some of the sounds that they some of the sounds that musicians of the Balkans prefer on the synthesizer are considerably different from the sounds that uh, 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 um, maybe we, we, we're used to hearing from synthesizers. You know, you think more like 80s jazz fusion. Right. You know, than or, orchestra hit sounds and all that kind of stuff. And um, But you listen to these songs and the melodies are actually really great and the grooves are really great. And so um, it's been really effective for us to, to sort of transliterate some of that like crazy synthed out gypsy music into a brass band, an acoustic brass band format. We, there's there's a lot of resources that we have for for picking up repertoire. I mean, there's there's people who have like DIY CD distribution. Um, there's friends of ours in in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that that actually work at this Balkan camp amongst many other like folk dance festivals and travel around in their little their little Winnebago and and sell tons of CDs and they sell a lot of these. Uh, these types of CDs you can find in, uh, on the street in Macedonia or in Sofia, Bulgaria, or wherever. And uh, um, but I think that one thing that's interesting about really getting into the music over there and like taking Serbian music, Serbian brass band music in particular, um, there was a lot of uh, bands, especially in the '90s, that were doing songs called rumbas and that were like very heavily influenced by New York salsa, uh, influenced by. Uh, by um, Latin American music, like overtly, even you know, they're calling them rumbas, and you'd listen to it and you'd think it's Prez Prado. You know, it's like it's pretty crazy. And and there's also some pretty overt, overt um, American, you know, funk references and definitely jazz references. Especially if you take Bulgarian music in particular, there's a lot of Bulgarian saxophone players who could who could totally jam with a any New York out there jazz a saxophone player and they have a blast so i mean evo papasov is one i, I can think of and um specifically um yuri unikov also who lives in new york and uh is a professionally a cab driver as i recall yeah i don't know if he's still driving anymore but he has a weekly at um 
at uh, Mahanata in the city, which mm. is a pretty hot night of music. But um, one other clarification about the the odd meter thing that happens with Balkan music is it's it's when it when when the odd meter grooves happen, they they start at the beginning of the song and they stay consistent throughout the song. There's very very extremely rarely any sort of like heavy handed metric changes that you'd find in American fusion, prog rock, etc. Sure, it's like you know that's why I think that a lot of the music is like surprisingly uh, accessible to the layman or whatever because. Once we get the groove going, we nail the groove, and after five or seven relentless minutes of it, people tend to get it. Sure. So, <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Anyway, this is, I'm passing off to Max now. All right, thanks. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very interested in the rhythms, and so many people that hear our music uh, come up to me and say, it's so circular. Like, they get lost in the kind of circle of it because it keeps coming back even if it's a long compound meter such as 18. Um, and just to clarify what Don said about Yuri and Ivo, uh, these famous sax players who play in this Bulgarian wedding style, it's called. Uh, the only, I think the only difference between them and uh, some of the great jazz players is that um, they play in a series of 16th notes. Everything happens on a 16th pulse. There's this constant stream of 16th notes that you don't hear in, in uh, traditional or bebop or any other kind of jazz. Sure. You know, there'd be more legato passages or things like that. But these guys are, are constantly thinking about the pulse. And uh, it's something that I'm studying right now in terms of studying Bulgarian accordion. You just you have to keep that pulse going. And if you, if you, you, you cannot falter. It's got to just keep going. It sounds really technically demanding, or physically demanding even. Yeah, physically demanding, technically demanding. Uh, fingering is fingering is everything when you want to start to play the faster passages. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, given that we're kind of coming to the end here, but there's at least two questions I want to ask. One is, given the nature of the show that we're doing this interview on, is there improvisation in the music that you guys play? And I don't oh, know who ben, wants I'll to talk to that. Yes. Great, thank no, you. Just okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks oh, for being no. here, guys. Yes, all right. I'll see you later, Jason. Um, no, yeah. So, um, uh, in, in mo- a, a good portion of this of the uh, tunes that we play, there is sort of some variation on it on what maybe in jazz would be seen as like almost a head solo head format, where there are basically solos, and they and they'll be over the groove. And um, in this band, like Greg and I, tend to take the lion's share. Um, sometimes max, sometimes done. Um, but yes, there's improvisation. It tends to be more. Whereas in jazz, oftentimes you'll have a, a, a um, maybe you'll have a standard song that has a certain chord progression that that uh, repeats. You know, you you'll basically uh, play the melody to the song with the chords, and then you'll improvise over the structure of the song without the melody being there. You improvise a new melody. In this music, we uh, uh, typically speaking, the um, improvisation happens just over more of a vamp, more of a static harmony. Okay. But um, but the way that we actually approach soloing over it is maybe slightly different from the way you might. It's 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 informed by um, and maybe Greg wants to speak to this a little bit more. He knows more about it than me, but it's informed by um, Ottoman classical music, makam. Um, there's certain uh, uh, ways that the sort of strategies for modal improv for improv- improvising off of scales and ways to put scales on top of each other that goes a little bit beyond. It's different from just like improvising than just like soloing over a funk groove or something sure. like that, you know. And is it also, and I don't know if maybe Greg wants to take this half of the question, is it also informed by the fact that even though you're improvising, you are still playing dance music? So is the rhythm, maybe is the rhythm take a more central role than it might if it didn't matter that anyone was dancing? It's fine yeah. if the answer is no, also. <laughs> um,. Yeah, there's a certain way that you play for for dancers that's that's definitely different than you play for listeners. You could, we don't always play for dancers. Sometimes we play for for just people that are listening. Sure. And it's definitely uh, it it changes the way you play, for sure. Um, if it's more rhythmic, it can be. There's there's a lot of different ways to to deal with with improvisation as as you know from from jazz. Um. I, I wanted to to speak to to what Ben's talking a lo- talking about a little bit. Um, the basis for the music is 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 called makam, uh, melodically speaking. Uh, it doesn't really use chord changes 
uh, in the way that, that jazz does. The, the, the music is, is more, uh, well, jazz being a Western music is, is very focused on harmony. And this music, it really, it's not focused on harmony. It's, it's focused on melody and, and rhythm. I'm just going to bust in for one second to say that it's, it's shocking, but we actually have at least one episode of this show that's really in-depth on Macomb uh, with uh, the musician Amir El-Safar. So oh, yeah. if folks look in yeah, the yeah, archive, yeah. There's a, he spends a lot of time describing Macomb, but I hope you will too also so we put some context around so this. So there's, there's, there's a, uh, an idea. Macomb is a mode. Uh, it generally, in, in Turkish music, which is the basis for the body of theory that uh, – that kind of comprises Balkan music, um, or that is most influenced Balkan music. Uh, the, uh, makam is actually a grouping of three to five notes. And a lot of, you, you can build more complex makams by stacking these groupings on top of each other. Uh, and makam also kind of defines the way you use those notes. And, uh, usually what will happen is a soloist within a tune will explore the macam according to how they understand the macam functions uh, as far as where they start, where they finish, and what the notes are, and where they can go with it. So um, we call that taxim, an improvised solo in, in, uh, within the con- context of this kind of music is called a taxim. Okay. Um, and... A lot of times what will happen is uh, somebody who's a soloist will explore the macam that, that, the, that the song that they started with uh, uses, incorporates, and then maybe they'll move to someplace else. They'll, they'll modulate to another tonality. Uh, and the macam may change or they may use the same notes, but the macam is, is different because it's got a different tonic or... Uh, maybe they'll just shift the mode completely. And what happens beneath them when that happens? Like, for example, what happens well, in the tuba or the that's, that's, that's the spontaneity. Of, that's part of the spontaneity okay. of it. The, the rhythm section, uh, there's a lot of um, kind of cadential things that you can do in order to signal that you're going to modulate. Okay. So as, a, as, as the soloist, as the person who's taking the tech scene. And if you've got a, a good rhythm section, which we do in Raya Brass Band, we're all very familiar with playing each other, with each other. Um, that really didn't come out the way I wanted it to. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're all but very we all familiar with yeah. playing together. I wasn't going to describe the fact that we're all here without pants, <laughs> yeah. but that's fine. <laughs> we're, now they really have me paid as <laughs> yeah. a weirdo. Okay. <laughs> we're all very familiar with musically with each other, so uh, we can follow each other in that regard. Sure. And quite frequently, whoever's taking the solo will then cue another song entirely so we can build up kinds of medleys of songs to keep the flow of the dance going and uh to keep forward motion going so that the because you can play in one in one mode forever and it's not going to remain exciting forever right so if you keep the forward motion going by modulating and putting uh, crunching songs together, the dancers stay interested in uh, orally as opposed to just with their feet. The musicians stay interested, and it provides forward momentum for the music. It sounds a lot like mixing a DJ set on the yeah, fly or whatever. Where I, I would imagine. Yeah, I've, I've never actually right. <laughs> mixed a DJ set, but uh, uh, I guess Don has something to say. So. Sure. Well, 
just to continue with what, what, what Greg was saying about the rhythm section, I'm part of the rhythm section, and what you mentioned about being a DJ is that we as a rhythm section, like really Max and, and myself and EJ included, have to be ready for the soloist to call another tune in out of their solo. Sometimes they'll do that. It won't only be a modulation, it'll be like, okay. Orally, we don't, like, we don't say like, okay guys, open your book to Well, sometimes, right. sometimes Ben will be whispering in Greg's <laughs> ear or something, <laughs> something like that, and we don't know what's going on, but then we hear the notes and we're like, bam. So, so it does, it does keep it interesting, for sure. It sounds like you have seconds to react as opposed to minutes when yes. that happens, right? Sometimes yeah. we can guess because there's certain, you know, keys we know the keys so we'll get we'll guess like oh, he might do this one or he might do that one or he might take us back into the head of the tune that we're already in or something like that so. Max, are there some upcoming shows that you want to uh, mention? Folks can go check this out live if they're in the New York area. Uh, absolutely. We uh, we have a big fundraiser for the East European Folklife Center, which is happening on March 31st at the Ukrainian National Home on 2nd Avenue. Uh, we'll be playing with, uh, what's the group? Foro for in, in the Dark, which is a great Brazilian band, and uh, other members of the Balkan dance community, Balkan music community, uh, Eva Selena Premack. Um, how, how did a, a great Brazilian band end up on this bill that seems like an interesting well the organizers parent. like to mix it up a little bit <laughs> nice. you know not make it all Balkan last year the Debo band played from Boston which is the Ethiopian uh, okay, cool. funk band so uh, there's not some secret connection between Brazilian music and Balkan music that I'm just unaware of it's, it is actually a mixing of musical styles at this show well <laughs> it is a secret and we're not going <laughs> to yeah, tell you fine that's right so <laughs> 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 I haven't been initiated into the, uh, the occult world of Raya yet okay. good to know yeah. So that's and March then, 31st. And uh, coming up on April 20th at Littlefields in Brooklyn, we're going to be uh, doing a big show and uh, inviting a lot of our friends from the, the, the community to play. So we're, we're getting ready for that. Um, we're at Radagast Beer Garden in Williamsburg every Saturday from 4.30 to 7.30. It's been a great gig for us uh, just to go down and play in a kind of informal setting uh, with a bunch <laughs> of people, a bunch of people... <laughs> Drinking beer and enjoying enjoying uh, enjoying the great food there. So um, yeah, we 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 tend to stand in one area and play, and then we f- make a, a foray onto the floor, onto the tables, depending on the crowd. Nice. Um, we're we're kind of bringing that that real kind of Eastern European flavor to what we're doing. And it sounds like for people who want their weddings to not just be brick house again, that Raya is also available to put a different spin on getting absolutely. married. Right? Absolutely, absolutely. Nice. Yep, coming up this week is a is a wedding convention called Wedding Crashers. Probably, uh, this will probably air after that. It doesn't matter. Be, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So Wedding Crashers will be uh, ten or fifteen different bands showcasing their stuff in fifteen minutes or less. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, well, it's uh, the band is fantastic. Uh, I'm really glad you guys came on. It, it, it's it's not what we usually talk about here, but I think people are really going to dig it. Uh, my guests are the Raya Brass Band. Uh, and their most recent record is called Dancing on Roses, Dancing on Cinders. And uh, it's been such a pleasure to talk to all of you. Thanks a lot for being here. I appreciate sure. it.
That's music from Raya Brass Band's album Dancing on Roses, Dancing on Cinders. I'm Jason Crane. This is The Jazz Session, sponsored by Matt Rock, Murat Verdi, and Nicholas Payton. Please do become a member, if you can, at thejazzsession.com slash join, and then get out there and support live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Bye. Bye. Bye.